We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. I believe that we need to work towards an issue-centric way of dealing with problems. Right. And that gets rid of bias. If you go, what is needed here? I think we have to get rid of left, right, center, obliterate that way of thinking about I agree. the world and ourselves. And don't ask yourself, am I left, right, or center? Right. It's what do I think should happen in this particular situation based upon my experience, my knowledge, rather than what does my ideology say should happen? Oh, You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 155, Walls of Bias, Blinding Truth. Come on in, have a seat. Join the conversation. This is the first podcast in our fifth year. Mazel tov. Technically, it's Monday that was the day that we actually recorded on July 10th, 2017. So it'll be four years, Monday if you want to pick the day, or tomorrow if you pick the date. Right. Walls of bias, blinding truth. So the question really at hand is, I mean, it's obvious people know what bias means. Mm -hmm. When somebody says, oh, they're biased, or they have an agenda, or they're showing favoritism, people understand that that's happening everywhere, Mm -hmm. right? And that there are walls that stand between people who have different biases. Right. And we all have them. And we all have them. So the question really is, and you see the results of deepened bias. Well, you saw it in the election down Mm -hmm. south in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And you still see the divide there as being huge. Yes. And you see it in social media, in people conversing about COVID or any controversial issue at all. People's biases come out and people start to accuse each other of having bias. Mm -hmm. And then walls rise up between us. So the question is, can we, and if we can, what do we do to break down those walls, stop them from growing between us, be aware of our bias, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What would you say about, let me ask you this, are you aware of your biases? Well, I'm aware that I have them. I'm not sure how accurately I could analyze myself in terms of what my biases are. But certainly I have biases because biases to me are formed over a lifetime. It's not just one particular incident or one particular scenario. Right. I think biases are an accumulation of many, many factors. Everything from your upbringing to your personal experiences, even your culture. Well, of course. I mean, you're rooting for Italy in the Euro Cup. It's about to happen, right? That's a cultural bias. Yes, it's, it it's is. It's a natural cultural bias yeah. because you're raised to go viva Italia. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, there are natural biases that are not bad biases. I mean, in the sense that there's nothing bad about rooting for a team from a country you grew up in. I don't think a bias by name is necessarily negative. It's what you do with the bias that can become negative. If you become solely ingrained in your bias and you're incapable of changing your opinion or incapable of listening to something that's contrary to what you believe and be able to discuss it or formulate perhaps a different opinion based on the results of that discussion. Mm -hmm. To me, then bias becomes a problem. Right. Well, I mean, there's natural bias, cultural. Then there's a bias that is kind of artificially created 
by different aspects of the culture we're in, mm-hmm. whether it's the media or entertainment industry, political discourse yep. that convinces us of a certain ideological bent, mm-hmm. and we start to fall into camps. Yep. To me, this whole notion of you've heard of identity politics. Yes. The idea being that we identify with some aspect of our human nature, whether it's gender or ethnicity or ideology, religion, what have you. Political persuasion. Yeah, we identify with that to such a degree that we look through the world through that lens all the time. Mm -hmm. So there's this built-in now bias that we've cultivated and has been cultivated in us that we're a lot of the time unaware of. And when we're made to be aware of it, we kind of take offense. <laughs> which, which to me, seriously, as right. I mentioned earlier, it's a problem. It's a serious problem. And I said this over a year ago when we were talking about COVID at its inception, that yeah. I thought that eventually if this thing sustained, and it has, we're well past a year and it's still going on, that I foresaw the biggest problem being how we dealt with each other more so than COVID itself. Yeah. And yeah. for me right now, this is what I see happening. Not only are we in divided camps, we're having great difficulty looking into each other's camps and trying to discuss this thing, not from, as we're talking about now, from a strong bias position, but understanding to be more issue-centric than to be in an ideological position. Right. In other words, what I'm hearing you saying is, depending upon the issue, whether it's world peace, climate change, abortion, COVID, right. we need to be able to make the right choices, no matter what angle they're coming from. So on one issue, maybe I need to be a right winger in my approach. Yes. And from another issue, maybe I need to be on the far left in terms of how they would approach it. The issue itself demands the response, not my bias. Exactly. Projecting on it. And both sides need to do that. And I can speak from personal experience here because I've experienced something in recent months that I didn't think that I would get to. For example... I was far more neutral on the whole question of COVID, say, six months ago, a year ago, in terms of what's happening, where it's going, how we're dealing with it. But the more this has gone on, and in recent weeks especially, I would say that I have become more right in my view. Right wing, a sort of conservative yes. on that side of things. Okay. I believe that things are being exaggerated. And I think there's too much fear mongering. For example, look, we don't all know what we're dealing with here. And the people who are honest enough to admit, including the experts, are raising a lot of questions and uncertainty. But to me now, there's a position that's being taken by the, let's just call it what it is, the pro-vaccination side. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not that it's pro or against. For me, there's a definite prejudice toward the other side. It's very Uh palpable. Yeah. And so to me, it's no longer, do we agree? Do we disagree? Do we respect one another's opinions? It's more like, if you're not on board with this, you're not with us kind of thing. And it's been exacerbated further for me. Yeah. What I perceive as almost a form of bribery, excessiveness in terms of offering children ice cream for a vaccine or having lotteries Mm -hmm. for vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Right. It's become cartoonish. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's a bit of a caricature. 
Do we have to stoop to these levels? Yeah, I mean, if this thing was so bad, why would you have to persuade people and coerce them so much to exactly. get to, to be protected? <laughs> exactly. And it's driving a wedge even further because if we come into this without that, we can discuss and we can agree to disagree and then work it out from there. Don't call each other names. Neither side. I'm saying this with equal weight to both sides. Right, right. The people who are pro should not be making fun of the people who are against and vice versa, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But hang on. What if the people who are pro feel very strongly that the people who are against are a danger to society because of their position? Shouldn't they then call them out and be more severe with them? Yes, but how about if the other side feels equally strong about mm -hmm. it not being a danger and, and they are being endangered themselves? The result is what we see. Exactly. Right? Which is this uh, battering of people back and forth, battering each other, name calling, calling them idiots, co-idiots or what have you, right. or simply calling out one side's source as being biased, therefore everything and every piece of information this person gets from that source has to be false. Mm -hmm. False by association. And then they will put you in the same camp as what this website, your source, has provided in the way of information, even though you're not in agreement with what they're saying at that site, you're associated automatically with these people. If you have the ability, and it's not easy, right. it's against our natural grain, so to speak, at least for many people, and that is to separate yourself from your beliefs yeah. and open your ears mm -hmm. to what a person is saying is very, very difficult sometimes for people to get beyond what they feel about that person, period. If you have someone that you really dislike. Oh, at a personal level. At a personal level, for things that may not even be about whatever it is you're discussing, you just dislike the person for any number of reasons. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Can you get past, when they offer some information or they offer an opinion, can you get past mm -hmm. your disdain or your dislike for them and say, I may not like you, but what you're saying makes sense? Yeah, yeah or a part of it, or, or something. part of it. Both sides don't really acknowledge where there is truth in the other side's arguments. Right, and there's way too much, again, my opinion, there's a hatred, there's a bitterness to this. Yeah, yeah. It can't end well. You can't come to peaceful terms as long as you have that much animosity yeah. and that much anger. In terms of what's going on now with COVID, uh, even with climate change, People act as if it were a war because it kind of is. If people who feel strongly that climate change is a real thing mm -hmm. and is affecting the planet badly, right. if they win this war, that means something big is going to happen on the planet in the way of changes right. and to how we live and et cetera, et cetera. If the other side wins, it's a big change the other way potentially. So it is a kind of a war. Yes, but the war is man-made. Yes. The, the elements themselves. Of course it is. Climate. And COVID. They don't give a shit about They don't power. care about it. <laughs> and we yeah. can't seem to get past this. The constant reference to me in the media of COVID is some kind of invisible enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do you have to look at it as the enemy? Because that's been the medical model. The whole germ theory of medicine right. involves germs invading. That's a military yeah. thought. Invading the body. 
and causing destruction and damage, right? Now, that isn't the only medical theory there is as to why disease happened. There is also the terrain theory right. that suggests that your illness comes from within due to the toxins in your body and the weakened immune system as a result of that. Yeah. That there is no external germs making you sick or virus in this case, people would also claim. So there's a germ theory bias that's been there forever in medicine, and everybody who accepts medicine has to accept that theory. And that's why we see these arguments. Right. So why not give more weight to the issue of internal wellness? Yeah. Because exactly. it makes perfect sense. What really blows me away about COVID is that you can draw parallels to so many other things that we have in our lives already, diabetes, cancers, all kinds of things, which have increased Tremendously, especially yeah. in a lot of developed countries. Yeah. Why is there so little discussion about connecting all this? Why is COVID not put into the same category in some cases, or at least correlating to the fact that our general wellness is being endangered? Okay, I'm rubbing my fingers and my thumb together, which is the sign of money. Okay. Profit. Yes. Profit has done that, has created a bias towards cheaper. Yes. Right? Uh, not as healthy and fast in the way of foods. From diets to the products that we produce. Exactly. So in some respects, we have to overcome that bias, which is a big one in a capitalist country. Mm -hmm. That's major. You turn on any American TV station network and mm -hmm. watch the commercials. Oh, I know. And they're all about fast food and technology so you can put your face at a screen for 25 hours. Yep. You, know, you know what I mean? Yep. None of it, none of it to do with the health of the spirit or the soul of the body ultimately. Mm -hmm. Which is further exacerbated because you're now eliminating a big part of the discussion in this whole question. These factors are not being included. I'm saying... Just from a common sense point of view, we just seem to skip these things when we're looking at right. the situation of COVID yeah. and separating it as if it's something that's disconnected. Can we at least come to an agreement that our general health is important? Yeah, exactly. And regardless of whether you get a vaccine or not, right. your first line of defense is self-care. Well, the medical profit model stopped that from happening. When doctors have not been fully trained in naturopathy right. and dietary medicine, that sort of thing, right. and all they're given are the pharmaceuticals to push, that's the bias. And those are the people that governments have in their health departments advising them as to what to do about the virus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the vaccine was the first thing and the only thing apparently, that is supposed to save us all. And as we can see by the fact that the people are getting sick who have been vaxxed twice in countries all around the world, right. it's not the savior. It's not going to stop the virus. Mm -hmm. right? So we have to find a way of acknowledging each other's biases. Right. What I'd like to do when I'm kind of going back and forth in a discussion or on Facebook or whatever, is to read what they have to say, and to try to respond at first with empathy. In other words, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I, I get what you're feeling here. And I empathize that you're feeling that. There's another element to this that we have to emphasize as well to bring into the picture and to include. Yes. Right? And then present your argument. That goes a long way to softening the rhetoric. People tend to be a little bit less inclined to say, you idiot, you know, screw you, when they think that you're being heard. 
forcefulness increases when you're feeling the same antagonism from the other side. You wouldn't feel as forceful if force wasn't being applied to you. And this is happening on both sides. And it's like any discussion, any argument between people, between spouses, between friends. And when you feel very strongly about something, can you, for at least a moment, acknowledge, put yourself in their shoes and say to yourself, they feel just as strongly as I do in the opposite direction. Yeah, of course. And sometimes there is no resolve. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's we agree to disagree. Right. This is what I see as the big problem right now with this vaccination situation. Because the people who are against, their back is going to go up as pressure is applied or biases or prejudices become clear. So yeah. Yeah. you can't travel without a passport. Right. You can't do this. You can't do that. So you're not saying we would like you to. This is why you're actually applying force. You're saying That's right. That's right. you will be denied this. That's right. So it is natural when mm -hmm. anyone's mm -hmm. put in that situation sure. for there to be a rebuttal, especially if you feel strongly about it. Now, bias, I mean, we talked about cultural bias. Yeah. <laughs> Italia. Yeah. There's bias that comes at us from institutions, religions, political parties, and that sort of thing. Right. There's biases that are there in the family. For example, I took a trip to Quebec with a, a Croatian fellow, and we, we began to talk about the Croats and the Serbs. And he said, oh, I hate the Serbs. I said, oh, did any Serbs do something to your family, or to your friends, anything? No. So why do you just hate them? Well, we just grow up to hate them. There was no visceral, present tense reason, right? i.e. a Serb raped my sister or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I hate them, okay? Yes. So there's that level of it. And now there's also the level of neurology. Yes. Right? Our brain synapses are brilliant at pattern making and pattern solidifying, i.e. making habits. Yes. So we start to habitually do things with our brain. You form pathways. That we're not aware of a lot of the time. Right. So, for example, I catch myself now because I know which side of the COVID divide and vaccine divide I'm on. Right. Okay. I realize that. I know the biases that are inherent to that. I know the confirmation bias that I'm subjected to. Mm -hmm. But I also am aware now, if I see a video of, say, Doug Ford, our premier here in Ontario starting to talk about COVID, I'm already in my mind going, oh, you idiot. Yeah, again, you're going to lie to us. You're going to deceive us again. Right? I'm already doing that. And I catch myself and I try to stop myself from doing that and say, Harry, slow down. You're already projecting something nasty on the other side of this argument. Exactly. Slow down. Right. So maybe that's one thing we can do individually is to catch ourselves in the way we react quickly. And slow it down. But what you're talking about, and I'm going to connect this back to what we were talking about. You used the sport example, which to me is, is a good one. So we're talking about soccer here. Sunday, Italy meets England. Big game. I will admit, I'm rooting for the Italians. However, in my view on sport and all things like this, is if I honestly believe that the other side deserves to win, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with the defeat. I have no problem saying we lost to a better team. Or today they outplayed us or whatever. Mm -hmm. I recall back in the World Cup 1994 where Italy and Brazil, the actual World Cup, went to penalty kicks. Right. And Baggio missed that kick at the end that cost him the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Could have happened to anybody. This happened to him. Yeah. 
And I remember following that game, going to a social event, and everybody was going on and on about Italy and they shouldn't have lost. And all I said was, I believe that Brazil was the better team. Right. I believe that Brazil deserved to win. So you set aside your biases to see the truth of the situation, which was Brazil was a better team. And that missed right? kick was, in a way, a form of justice right. uh, to the game. Okay, that's right. because you were focusing on the content of what was going on on the pitch, not on the bias. That's my point. Same thing with Montreal and Tampa Bay yes. recently, right? Montreal lost the Stanley Cup in 4-1. Four, four to one. Tampa was four. the better team. Tampa was clearly the better team, right. right? And yet people have biases towards Montreal and our Canadian team, yada, yada. But I knew I could see that Tampa was a better team, that they're going to win anyway. Mm-hmm. The point I'm making is, as long as it's kept friendly and sporting, and we're not going to kill each other. What, as in soccer hooliganism? Well, <laughs> this COVID situation is a perfect kind of analogy here, because, as I said before, I'm more concerned going forward about what this divide is going to create between people. I'd be more concerned about uprisings and revolutions and severe confrontations than I am possible losses to COVID. Because numerically speaking, as bad as it may be, keep it in perspective, 200,000 people die every day on this earth. If you're losing 10,000 to COVID, again, is it serious? Yes, but can we keep our balance? Balance. Now, here's the thing. Balance goes out the window when there's extreme conditions, when there's extreme fear and coercion and all these things that we're seeing now, we have seen. Moderation goes out the window. And I've seen uploads on Facebook on some of these sites and pages. It's violent talk. It's like, this guy should be whacked in so many terms. The threat is there. And there are people who are cuckoo enough to act on some of these things. That's the concern, too. It's been really amazing to me. Some of these very, very significant things that are occurring... I'm amazed at how easily people just sort of give in. Hmm, yeah. This is really about so much more than the possibility of being very ill or dying of something. This goes so far beyond that. But it's almost like they can take the information and make it purely a fear-based situation where you discount mm-hmm. all the collateral yeah, yeah. effects or the things that go with it. So that all you're focusing on is whether or not you get sick or die. Right. You're not addressing freedoms. You're not addressing so many other things Mm -hmm. which are important to every human being and societal norms and the way we work together and get along and so on. And the issue you brought up about money is one that's almost discounted now. It's assumed that almost every discussion has to have an economic base. Or... The opposite, in the sense that the economics of the vaccine rollout are set aside. They're not important. It's not important to know how much money Pfizer and Moderna and these companies, the billions they're making on this. It's not important to know how much money they're going to make on the boosters that that happen. Or it's not important to know how many billions of dollars Pfizer has paid out in fraudulent medical procedures. Or the fact that none of them can be held liable. And that as well, right, Mm -hmm. which is downplayed Mm -hmm. by the mainstream narrative. And the fact that some of these things aren't actually approved. They're not approved at all. 
They're only approved for emergency use only. Right. Why? They haven't finished their trials. Their official trials finished in 2022 or 2023 right. in some cases. People need to know that. Right. So maybe one of the other things we, you know, we've talked about, maybe taking a moment personally to yeah. gauge your reactionary thinking. Mm -hmm. Maybe another thing to do is to step away from the narrative for a period of time. Just recenter yourself, step back, make right. sure your life is in shape before you engage in that way and then come back later. Again, I'm being simplistic here, but I'm a big proponent of play and, and taking breaks. And yeah. no matter how bad things are around you, life continues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just have to look at my own life and focus on my own stuff. Provided I can do it without too much hampering from the restrictions, I'll do it and then wait it out. So people are waiting it out. This goes two ways. For those people that don't want to look at themselves, they've got a perfect excuse not to because you can bury yourself in yeah, sure. media threads, Facebook, Instagram, all these things that are going on, tweeting. Yeah. You can bury yourself in it. Yeah. And then you don't have to deal with anything else because that's what you're doing all the time. I will say one thing about social media, though. It's becoming fashionable to disrespect social media platforms. You know, all the crap that's going on and the arguing and all this stuff, but... It's not all bad. Well, it's not all bad in the sense that for people who need to connect and can't do it in their community... Right. The only other community out there that they can reach is the community of online people who are on these social platforms. Mm -hmm. I'm not blaming the platform. People need to connect, and so they use what's available, and the social platforms are available. And sure, there's a lot of garbage on it, a lot of arguing and this crap. On the other hand, there are also moments where you discover something you didn't know before. Absolutely. Go, wow, or I discover an artistic talent. I found a poet on Facebook yesterday who is so incredible. Her writing is amazing. Right. It inspired me to write a poem. Yes, One I saw that. One of the best that. things I've written. Yeah, and I thought, wow. So I wouldn't have done that without social media connection in that moment. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about before, which is balance. To me, balance and moderation are almost synonyms. The ability to enjoy many things, yeah. even things that are perceived as negative or they can hurt you. A drink is fine. 10 drinks may not be. You know, yeah. the very same thing in good measure is perfectly okay. Right. You'd be a good funambulist. A tightrope walker in the oh. circus. The balance thing. You're always going on about balance. I'm not always successful. You're right, though. I mean, uh, you know, we have to try. And we're proposing here on this podcast that people moderate the extreme elements of their thinking. Yes. And slow that down, put it aside in order to facilitate communication. I believe that we need to work towards an issue-centric way of dealing with problems. Right. And that gets rid of bias. If you go, what is needed here? I think we have to get rid of left, right, center, obliterate that way of thinking about I agree. the world and ourselves. And don't ask yourself, am I left, right, or center? Right. It's what do I think should happen in this particular situation based upon my experience, my knowledge, rather than what does my ideology say should happen? Right. And again, because this has no conclusion, as we both know, because we're having a discussion here, I'm hoping yeah. that at least the discussion part of it 
is giving someone out there something to think about and get back to the all we need is love kind of thing. All you need is love. Oh, your favorite Beatles. Well, you know, that's actually a very good point because where is love in all this? I mean, it sounds mamby-pamby, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And airy-fairy and all that shit. But yeah. sorry, folks, love is a real thing. It's in yeah. the world. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. We cherish it. That has to be brought into the picture. And that's why I say, you know, if you moderate your thinking and you moderate your communication style mm-hmm. when you're engaged in these threads and conversations, that goes a long way because it's bringing an element of love into it. Well, it's also your own worldview. Like you talk about mamby-pamby, so I'll give you something real mamby-pamby. So sometimes when I'm in a difficult situation with someone who I'm at odds with or can't seem to find a way mm-hmm. of getting to that center point, so to speak, I sometimes, I don't always have this ability, but I try. I will pull myself back for a moment and imagine that individual as a baby, a newly so you born. slap him on the bum? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> This is very gender sensitive. Uh, Sometimes I will do that in in my mind. They're a baby. We all start this life as this kind of innocent creature. Oh, I see. So your attitude is as if you were talking to a little child. And so you bring a kind of softness and a kind of openness. And I learn a great deal from children. Yeah. Because children are too young to still have their kind of innocence and directness shaped. Yeah. So when I view someone as a baby, i.e., what I'm talking about is we all started out essentially the same the moment we were born. Now, within hours, even within months, we were all thrown into different situations. But the basics are the same. Now, let me give you an example of a situation. I had a spiritual teacher once. Mm -hmm. There was a few of us sitting around his living room, and he said, there's a, a fellow coming to visit. And this fellow... We knew him Hmm. as being someone who's fairly simple-minded. Wasn't all there half the time. Uh A little cuckoo sometimes and a little iffy and stuff like that. And we all thought about him like that. And and this spiritual teacher of mine said, when he comes, I want you to imagine that the person walking into the room is this world-wise teacher this incredible guru-like figure who is extremely wise and understands human nature and life and love in the world. His words, listen to his words carefully. Do it as an exercise. Mm -hmm. So he comes, this guy comes, and everybody goes into this inner place where they go, ah, here's this very wise person. Look at how he's walking. Aha, really, and the way he sits and his movements, the way he, he touches his face, and the words coming out of his mouth, aha, let me listen more carefully. What is he saying by this? How can I understand him more deeply? Because I know there's wisdom there. I just need to listen carefully and deeply and get to it, right? It changed the entire experience of what we felt around this person because of the mindset that was changed inside of us, right? Our bias was changed completely. And we learned stuff from this guy who previously we thought was a bit Mm simple-minded. So that's an example of how things can shift dramatically, but you have to do it yourself, inwardly. Exactly. You can't rely on other people to do it for you, right? And that is a perfect way to close today's discussion. Be good. Don't be biased if you can help it. (laughs) (laughs) And have some fun and relax a bit. Have some fun, relax. All you need is love. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. Ciao, Peter. Ciao, Harry. 
The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Thank you for your donation to The Sill Podcast.